Hare Krishna, <clears throat> my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the live studios in The Haven, which is in Hythe, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're here with my trusty associate and confidant and servant and assistant. He's a little bit of everything. Abhay Das Brahmachari, Hare Krishna. And our guest left back for Latvia and Switzerland. And uh, we're very happy to be here with you all and to share this wonderful treasure. I got a phone call just now from uh, Honest John in Houston, who is a salt of the earth personality, a big time electrician in. He started to come to the readings in Houston and now he's a devotee. And he said, yeah, this is the only game in town. It really touched my heart. All right, Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram uh, by Srila Sanatana Goswami explains exactly why it is so nice what we're doing. Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing it together. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana. Srimad Bhagavata Prabhu Kalidvanduritaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshudayate Sarvadasavasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Marekabando Matsangin Madguro Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya my only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin atini chuchata kara hanamun chagadachen mam premna rit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So 
So we reached the 11th chapter of the 4th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, Swayam Bhuvamanu advises Dhruva Maharaj to stop fighting. Now Swayam Bhuva is actually uh, speaking to Dhruva Maharaj. The Supreme Personality of Godhead by His inconceivable supreme energy time causes the interaction of the three modes of material nature and thus varieties of energy become manifest. It appears that he is acting but he is not the actor. He is killing but he is not the killer. Thus it is understood that only by his inconceivable power is everything happening. Purport The word Dervibhavya means inconceivable by our tiny brain and Vibhaktavirya means divided in varieties of potencies. This is the right explanation of the display of creative energies in the material world. We can better understand by the mercy of God by an example. We can, under, we can better understand the mercy of God by an example. A government state is always supposed to be merciful, but sometimes, in order to keep law and order, the government employs its police force, and thus punishment is meted out to the rebellious citizens. Similarly, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is always merciful and full of transcendental qualities. But certain individual souls have forgotten their relationship with Krishna and have endeavored to lord it over material nature. As a result of their endeavor, they are involved in varieties of material interaction. It is incorrect to argue, however, that because energy issues from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, He is, an act, he is an, the actor. In the previous verse, the word nimitamatram indicates that the Supreme Lord is completely aloof from the action and reaction of this material world. How is everything being done? The word inconceivable has been used. It is not within the power of one's small brain to comprehend. Unless one accepts the inconceivable power and energy of the Lord, one cannot make any progress. The forces which act are certainly set up by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but He is always aloof from their action and reaction. The varieties of energies produced by the interaction of material nature produce the varieties of species of life and their resultant happiness and unhappiness. How the Lord acts is nicely explained in the Vishnu Purana. Fire is situated in one place, while the heat and light produced by the fire act in many different ways. Another example, another example given is that the electric powerhouse is situated in one place, but by its energies, many different types of machinery move. The production is never identical with the original source of the energy. 
but the original source of energy, being the prime factor, is simultaneously one with and different from the product. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya's philosophy, achintya beda beda tattva, is the perfect way of understanding. In this material world, the Lord incarnates in three forms, as Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, by which he takes charge of the three modes of material nature. By his incarnation of Brahma, he creates. As the incarnation of Vishnu, he maintains. And, as, and by his incarnation of Shiva, he also annihilates. But the original source of Brahma, Vishnu and Shiva, Garbhodakashayi Vishnu, is always apart from these actions and reactions of material nature. Text 19 My dear Dhruva, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is ever-existing, but in the form of time, He is the killer of everything. <clears throat> he has no beginning, although He is the beginning of everything, nor is He ever-exhaustible, although everything is exhausted in due course of time. The living entities are created through the energy of the Father and killed through the agency of death, but He is perpetually free of birth and death. PURPORT The supreme authority and inconceivable power of the Supreme Personality of Godhead can be minutely studied from this verse. He is always unlimited. That means that he has no creation or end. He is, however, death in the form of time, as described in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, I am death. I take away everything at the end of life. Eternal time is also without beginning, but, but it is the creator of all creatures. But, but, Eternal time is also without beginning, but it is the creator of all creatures. The example is given of touchstone, which creates many valuable stones and jewels, but does not decrease in power. Similarly, creation occurs many times. Everything is maintained, and after a time, everything is annihilated. But the original creator, the Supreme Lord remains untouched and undiminished in power. The secondary creation is made by Brahma, but Brahma is created by the Supreme Godhead. Lord Shiva annihilates the whole creation, but at the end he is also annihilated by Vishnu. Lord Vishnu remains. In the Vedic hymns, it is stated that in the beginning there is only Vishnu and that he alone remains at the end. An example can help us to understand the inconceivable potency of the Supreme Lord. In the recent history of warfare, the Supreme Personality of Godhead created a Hitler and before that a Napoleon, a Napoleon Bonaparte and they each killed many living entities in war. But in the end, Bonaparte and Hitler were also killed. People are still very much interested in writing and reading books 
about Hitler and Bonaparte and how they killed so many people in war. Year after year, many books are published for, for public reading regarding Hitler's killing thousands of Jews in confinement. But no one is researching who killed Hitler and who created such a gigantic killer of human beings. The devotees of the Lord are not so much in, not much interested in the study of the flickering history of the world. They are interested only in Him who is the original creator, maintainer, and annihilator. That is the purpose of the Christian consciousness movement. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 20. The Supreme Personality of Godhead in His feature of eternal time is present in the material world and is neutral towards everyone. No one is, is His ally and no one is His enemy. Within the jurisdiction of the time element, everyone enjoys or suffers the result of his own karma or fruitive activities. As when the wind blows, small particles of dust fly in the air. So, according to one's particular karma, one suffers or enjoys material life. PURPORT Although the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the original cause of all causes, He is not responsible for anyone's material sufferings or enjoyment. There is no such partiality on the part of the Supreme Lord. The less intelligent accuse the Supreme Lord of being partial and claim that this is why one enjoys in this material world and another suffers. But this verse specifically says that there is no such partiality on the part of the Supreme Lord. Living entities, however, are never independent. As soon as they declare their independence of the Supreme Controller, they are immediately put into this material world to try their luck freely, as far as possible. When the material world is created for such misguided living entities, they create their own karma, fruitive activities, and take advantage of the time element, and thereby, thereby they create their own fortune or misfortune. <clears throat> everyone is created, everyone is maintained, and everyone is ultimately killed. As far as these three things are concerned, the Lord is equal to everyone. It is according to one's karma that one suffers and enjoys. The living entities higher or lower position, his suffering and enjoying, are due to his own karma. The exact word used in this connection is anishaha, which means dependent on their own karma. The example is given that the government gives everyone the facilities for governmental action and management, but by one's own choice one creates a situation which obliges him to exist under different types of consciousness. The example given in this verse is that when the wind blows, particles of dust float in the air. Gradually, lightning occurs, and when torrents of rain follow, thus the rainy season creates a situation of varieties in the forest. God is very kind 
He gives everyone an equal chance. But by the resultant actions of one's own karma, one suffers or enjoys this material world. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Text 21 The Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu is all-powerful and he awards the results of one's fruitive activities. Thus, although one living entity's duration of life is very small, whereas that of another is very great, he is always in his transcendental position, and there is no question of lessening or increasing his duration of life. PURPORT Both the mosquito and Lord Brahma are living entities in the material world. Both are minute sparks and are part of the Supreme Lord. The very short duration of life of the mosquito and the very long lifetime of Lord Brahma are both awarded by the Supreme Personality of Godhead according to the results of their karma. But in the Brahma Sangita, we find it said, karmani nir dahati, the Lord diminishes or vanquishes the reactions of devotees. The same fact is explained in Bhagavad Gita, yagyartat kamanonyatra. One should perform karma only for the purpose of satisfying the Supreme Lord. Otherwise, one is bound by the action and reaction of karma. Under the laws of karma, a living entity wanders within the universe under the rule of eternal time, and sometimes he becomes a mosquito, and sometimes Lord Brahma. To a sane man, this business is not very fruitful. Bhagavad Gita 9.25 gives a warning to the living entities, Yanti Deva Virta Devan. Those who are addicted to the worship of the demigods go to the planets of the demigods. And those who are addicted to worship of the pitas, forefathers, go to the pitas. Those who are inclined to material activities remain in the material sphere. But persons who engage in devotional service reach the abode of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, where there is neither birth nor death nor different varieties of life under the influence of the law of karma. The best interest of the living entity is to engage himself. Mm. The best interest of the living entity is to engage himself in devotional service and go back home, back to Godhead. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur advised, My friend, you are being washed away in material nature's waves of time. Please try to understand that you are the eternal servant of the Lord, then everything will stop and you will be eternally happy. Srila Bhakti Thakur Ki Jai Text 22 The differentiation among varieties of life and their suffering and enjoyment is explained by some to be the result of karma. Others say, it is due to nature, others due to time, others due to fate, and still others say that it is due to desire. 
purport. There are different types of philosophers, mimamtakas, atheists, astronomers, sexualists, and so many other classifications of mental speculators. The real conclusion is that it is our work only that binds us within this material world in different varieties of life. How these varieties have sprung up is explained in the Vedas. It is due to the desire of the living entity. The living entity is not a dead stone. He has different varieties of desire or kama. The Vedas say kamo karshit, kamo karshit. The living entities are originally parts of the Lord, like sparks of a fire. But they have dropped to this material world, attracted by a desire to lord it over nature. That is a fact. Every living entity is trying to lord it over the material resources to the best of his ability. This kama, or desire, cannot be annihilated. There are some philosophers who say that if one gives up his desires, he again becomes liberated. But it is not at all possible to give up desire, for desire is a symptom of a living entity. If there were no desire, then the living entity would be a dead stone. Chilanartam Das Thakur therefore advises that one turn his desire towards serving the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then desire becomes purified. And when one's desires are purified, one becomes liberated from all material contamination. The conclusion is that the different philosophers' theories to explain the varieties of life and their pleasure and pain are all imperfect. The real explanation is that we are eternal servants of God and that as soon as we forget this relationship, we are thrown into the material world where we create our different activities and suffer or enjoy the result. We are drawn into this material world by desire, but the same desire must be purified and employed in the devotional service of the Lord. Then our disease of wandering in the universe under different forms and conditions will end. Text 23 The Absolute Truth, Transcendence, is never subject to the understanding of the imperfect sensory endeavor, nor is he subject to direct experience. He is master of varieties of energies, like the full material energy, and no one can understand his plans or actions. Therefore, it should be concluded that although he is the original cause of all causes, no one can know him by mental speculation. Purport <clears throat> The question may be raised, since there are so many varieties of philosophers theorizing in different ways, which of them is correct? The answer is, that the absolute truth, transcendence, is never subject to direct experience or 
mental speculation. The mental speculator may be called Dr. Frog. The story is that a frog in a three-foot well wanted to calculate the length and breadth of the Atlantic Ocean on the basis of his knowledge of his own well, but it was an impossible task for Dr. Frog. A person may be a great academician, a scholar or professor, but he cannot speculate and expect to understand the absolute truth, for his senses are limited. The cause of all causes, the absolute truth, can be known from the absolute truth himself and not by our ascending process to reach him. When the sun is not visible at night or when it is covered by a cloud in the day, it is not possible to uncover it, either by bodily or mental strength or by scientific instruments, although the sun is there in the sky. No one can say that he has discovered a torchlight so powerful that if one goes on a roof and focuses a torchlight on the night sky, the sun will then be seen. There is no such torchlight, nor is it possible. The word avyakta, unmanifested, in this verse indicates that the absolute truth cannot be manifested by any strain of so-called scientific advancement of knowledge. Transcendence is not the subject matter of direct experience. The absolute truth may be known in the same way as the sun covered by a cloud or covered by night. For when the sun rises in the morning in its own way, then everyone can see the sun, everyone can see the world, and everyone can see himself. This understanding of self-realization is called Atma-tattva. Unless, however, one comes to this point of understanding, Atma-tattva, one remains in the darkness in which he was born. Under the circumstances, no one can understand the plan of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord is equipped with varieties of energies, as stated in the Vedic literature, Parasya Shaktir Vividaiva Shruyate. He is equipped with the energy of eternal time. Not only does he have the material energy which we, which we see and experience, but he has also many reserve energies that he can manifest in course of time when necessary. The material scientist can simply study the partial understanding of the varieties of energies. He can take up one of the energies and try to understand it with limited knowledge. But still, it is not possible to understand the absolute truth in full by dint of material science. No material scientist can foretell what is going to happen in the future. The Bhakti Yoga process, however, is completely different from so-called scientific advancement of knowledge. A devotee completely surrenders under the Supreme, who reveals himself by his causeless mercy. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, Dadami Bhuti Yogam Tam, the Lord says, I give him the intelligence. What is that intelligence? Yena Mam Upiyantite 
The Lord gives one the intelligence to cross over the ocean of nations and come back home, back to Godhead. In conclusion, the cause of all causes, the Absolute Truth, or Supreme Brahman, cannot be understood by philosophical speculation, but He reveals Himself to His devotee because the devotee fully surrenders unto His lotus feet. Bhagavad Gita is therefore to be accepted as a revealed scripture spoken by the Absolute Truth Himself when He descended to this planet. If any intelligent man wants to know what God is, he should study this transcendental literature under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual master. Then it is very easy to understand Krishna as he is. Text 24 My dear son, those yakshas who are descendants of Kuvera are not actually the killers of your brother. The birth and death of every living entity are caused by the Supreme, who is certainly the cause of all causes. Text 25 The Supreme Personality of Godhead creates this material world, maintains it, and annihilates it in due course of time. But because He is transcendental to such activities, He is never affected by ego in such action or by the modes of material nature. Purport In this verse the word anahankara means without ego. The conditioned soul has a false ego and as a result of his karma he gets different types of bodies in this material world. Sometimes he gets the body of a demigod and he thinks that, and he thinks that body to be his identity. Similarly, when he gets the body of a dog, he identifies himself with that body. But for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is no such distinction between the body and the soul. Bhagavad Gita therefore certifies that anyone who thinks of Krishna as an ordinary human being is without knowledge of his transcendental nature and is a great fool. The Lord says, Namam karmani limpanti. He is not affected by anything he does because he is never contaminated by the material modes of nature. That we have a material body proves that we are infected by the material modes of, the material modes of nature, by the three material modes of nature. The Lord says to Arjuna, You and I, had many, many births previously, but I remember everything, whereas you do not. That is the difference between the living entity, or conditioned soul, and the supreme soul. The, the super soul, the supreme personality of Godhead, has no material body. And because he has no material body, he is not affected by any work he executes. There are many Mayavadi philosophers who consider that Krishna's body is the effect of the concentration of the material mode of goodness. And they diminish the, and they distinguish Krishna's soul from Krishna's body. The real situation, however, is that the body of the conditioned soul 
even if he has a large accumulation of material goodness, is material, whereas Krishna's body is never material. It is transcendental. Krishna has no false ego, for he does not identify himself with the faults in the temporary body. His body is always eternal. He descends to this world in his own original spiritual body. This is explained in Bhagavad Gita as Param Bhavam. The words Param Bhavam and Divyam are especially significant in understanding Krishna's personality. Śrīla Prabhupāda Ki Jai Text 26 The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the Supersoul of all living entities. He is the controller and maintainer of everyone. Through the agency of his ex external energy, he creates, maintains, and annihilates everyone. Purport There are two kinds of energies in the matter of creation. <clears throat> the Lord creates this material world through his external material energy, whereas the spiritual world is a manifestation of his internal energy. He is always associated with the internal energy, but he is always aloof from the material energy. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita 9.4, the Lord says, Matstani sarvabhutani nachaham teshravastitaha All living entities are living on me or on my energy. I am not, but I am not everywhere. He is personally always situated in the spiritual world. In the material world also, wherever the Supreme Lord is personally present is to be understood as being the spiritual world. For example, the Lord, in, the Lord is worshipped in the temple by pure devotees. The temple is therefore to be understood as being the spiritual world. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. And Swayam Bhuvamanu is showing his knowledge, eh? What a beautiful description of God. We're going to stop our reading. It's almost 8 o'clock, believe it or not. We're going to stop our reading tonight there, and we'll start tomorrow at text 27. <clears throat> and I'll just wait in anticipation of the reflections of the assembled devotees. Hare Krishna. Okay, first is from Rati Mandrari. Okay, Rati, first off the, the blocks today. Draguru Maharaj, thank you for your illuminating evenings filled with eternal knowledge. Well, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much.
There's nothing like reciting this literature loud and clear. There's nothing like it. Hare Krishna. From April O'Grady. Yes, April O'Grady. Hare Krishna. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine. And how are you today? We hope you're enjoying the reading, April. Hare Krishna. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sriman Bhagavatam. Jai Ho, thank you, Hare Krishna. Ah, we see Sri Sri Radha Madhava in the center today. Yes, this we're the, we have an all Mayapur darshan. Panchatattva, Radhamadava, and his his fierce fiercestness, Nishingadev. Full Mayapur darshan today. Rarely seen, dry ho. Yes, Hare Krishna. Thank you. Yes, it, it's 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 real. The pleasure that we feel when the altar is decorated so beautifully, and we see these forms uh, as uh, who was it? Rajvalabha. He came in one morning, to take darshan of, of the altar, and he said, "Is is it my imagination, or are these forms turning into three dimensional?" And I said. Well, that depends on your vision. If you have the vision, you can see the full Supreme Personality of Godhead in all of his expansions right here on this little altar. Because what we heard from Swayam Bhubamayu, he is the transcendence. He is unlimited and he can do anything. He's all-pervading and he can appear wherever he wants in whatever form he wants. The lovely description today by Swayambhuva Manu of the various aspects of understanding uh, the Supreme Personality of God of the Absolute Truth. Wonderful. Deep as the ocean. Simply understanding, simply trying to understand gives one such satisfaction and such knowledge as, as to be uh, above the material education that we can get in any university. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada said, if you study this book carefully and actually learn it, you'll become the most learned person in the world. Hare Krishna. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Tonight, one of the gems for me was that how desire cannot be annihilated, and how Sri the Prabhupada writes that desire is a symptom of the living entity. It simply has to be dovetailed in the service of the Lord. Mm. <coughs> yes, there's a very nice description in the Vedas 
that the material world is a reflection of the spiritual world. Just like when a tree is, is on the bank of a very calm uh, body of water, then the reflection of the tree uh, is, is reflected onto the water. And so that medium, which, which is the basis of that reflected tree, is desire. Water is like desire. And that, so the desire is the basis for staying in the material world or going back to the spiritual world. So we simply have to change our desire. Change our desire for trying to enjoy in this material world to a desire to please Krishna by what we do in this material world. But that has to be done according to Krishna's desire. Because as we heard from Swaya Bhagavanu, the Absolute Truth is not, un, is not a, perceivable by, by matter. Only if He agrees to reveal Himself to us can we understand. We can't understand the Lord, the Supreme Lord, by any other process than devotional service. And the reason is because the devotional service, unmotivated, pure, unalloyed love, for Krishna and acting on that love to please Krishna is, is what pleases him. And when he's pleased, then he reveals himself to that, to that lover, to that person who's loving him. And there's no other way to know the Absolute Truth. Only if the, the Absolute Truth is unlimited and we're limited. Therefore, according to this analysis we just read, we can't understand the Absolute Truth by our limited mental and sensual power. Only if we please the, 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 the Supreme Absolute Truth by our devotional service will he, be, he, will he reveal Himself. And He does. Otherwise, where is this description coming from? Such a comprehensive, beautiful, uh, you know, a description of the Absolute Truth. Where is it coming from? It's coming from the hearts of those who actually love Him. That's it. So I am Bhavamanu is the first human being and He acts as the first king or chatriya, first ruler of human society. And now we're seeing how he's convincing Dhruva Maharaj to stop killing the Akshas by logic and reasoning and uh, scriptural reference and um, poetic descriptions of the Absolute Truth and what the material world is, why we're here, what our purpose of life is. It's all described in great depth and alacrity, you know, in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The verses and and particularly Prabhupada's Bhaktivedanta purports. Hare Krishna. One more comment from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. This point to me is one of the wonderful aspects of the path of Bhakti, as opposed to all the paths which teach that one has to give up one's desires. 
<clears throat> well, one has to give up one's material desires. We can't give up desire, but desirelessness means to desire Krishna's pleasure. That's what real desire is. No, we don't give up desire, but we give up material desire. As long as we have material desire, then we have to come back into this material world and struggle. Start from scratch again. Learn all about how to work the body and how to you know, fulfill our material desires by different ways. But the spiritual desire to please Krishna is real desire. It's not illusory desire. It's not material desire. So that, that's what it means by dovetail. It actually doesn't mean dovetail. It means to change our desire into the desire to, to, to want to be with Krishna and please Krishna, not for our own sense gratification. Even the residents of Braj, the gopis, the cowherd boys, and the, and the residents of Braj, Mother Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj, and cows and calves, they all only want to please Krishna. That's their only desire. And therefore, Krishna reciprocates with them and all their desires are fulfilled. It's a place where we know what to do, what not to do automatically by the grace of Krishna due to our love. It's a place where we're, we never have to leave one another. We never have to disintegrate like this body now is disintegrating. In the spiritual world, that never happens. And Krishna's body is eternally like that. There is no difference between his body and his soul, as we just heard Swayam Bhuvamanu explain to Dhruva Maharaj. So we all know how to desire, what desire is. Now we just have to turn our desire to Krishna and pleasing him by pleasing others, by giving them the holy name and this wonderful transcendental knowledge and tasty Krishna prasadam. This is the real thing. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Rati, for your reflection. Next is from Daitari Hari. Yes, Daitari Hari, Haribo. Actually, sorry, I'll read this from Rati because she just commented it. I meant paths like Mayavadis and Buddhism and so on. My father was a Buddhist. I could never follow such a path like I am trying to follow Krishna consciousness. Yes, there's nothing to follow. <laughs> they, they don't think anything exists, so there's no path. Anyway, Rati, it's very nice that you gave up your Buddhism and came over to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> She says, thank you very much for your beautiful description of life in, in the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. And this is from Daitari Hari. Yai, Hari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. It's nice to hear such clear Swayambhuvamanu's elaborate and precise knowledge of Krishna's different potencies and power. 
The thing which that stood out for me m- the most, though, were Bhak- Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur's quote. Mm. My friend, you are being washed away in material nature's mm. waves of time. Mm. Please try to understand that you are the eternal servant of the Lord, mm. and everything will stop, and you will be eternally happy. Hare Krishna. I really need to listen more to the songs of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. They seem to be very important for developing the right mood and attitude towards Krishna consciousness and its urgency. Yes, we consider him to be the father of this movement, the grandfather, great-grandfather. You know, and Prabhupada is so transparent in his writings. I've been reading with Abai the uh, Prabhupada Lilamrita, which I haven't heard for a long time, and it is so ecstatic. As a matter of fact, I've decided that after we finish the Bhagavatam, we're then going to read the whole uh, Prabhupada Lamrita out loud to all the devotees. Hare Krishna. This is also from Daityari Hari. Yes, Daityari Hari. I also liked Prabhupada's comparison between the lives of mundane historical personalities like Hitler and Napoleon, mm. and how people write and read masses of books about the yeah, legacy. Yeah. But comparing that to the greatness and vastness of Krishna's activities. Yes, yes, and, then, and, the, and the books that describe them, and how long they've been remembered. Huh? Yeah, quite different. That different dimension. He says, people's perception is too limited to appreciate things beyond their puny conceptions of reality. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for, thanks for bringing out those gems. They're very nice. It's especially nice when the devotees bring out these thoughts and we look at them again at just after the reading, isn't it? It makes it so alive and so wonderful. This is from Peter. Yes, Peter. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for tonight's reading. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to the assembled sages. I was wondering if you could speak more on this analogy of the sun within text 23's purport. Quote, The absolute truth may be known in the same way as the sun is covered by a cloud or covered by night. For when the sun rises in the morning in its own way, then everyone can see the sun, then everyone sees the sun, everyone can see the world, and everyone can see himself. Unquote. Like you were mentioning in your story of how you came to Krishna consciousness, your Mayavadi friend, Clint, had the misconception <laughs> that because he meditated on the sun rising, it did. Can we draw a link back to this analogy by saying Clint believed that the absolute truth was subject to his will? and that he was the doer? I feel as though this analogy of the sun rising also highlights that it is by the mercy of the Lord that we can understand the absolute truth, just as it is by the sun's mercy that it rises for us and radiates the world. Yes, that's exactly right. And when Krishna does reveal himself, then we don't see just Krishna, we see everything else properly in the proper perspective, and we see ourselves. 
you know, with this knowledge we can see actually who we are, what we are, what our purpose is, and what the destination is. It's being in the material world is like being thrown into a huge, vast city and jungles and and just being thrown into it without any uh, map, without any, you know, without this knowledge of the Vedas, we're just wandering around, you know, going from one body to another, not understanding anything of what's happening, what we'll do, you know, what will happen next. And the other idea is that the sun, it creates the cloud. So Krishna creates this material world, and then the material world covers us. But that is done out of love for us, because that's what we want. And as soon as we get that and change our desire, then Krishna will reveal himself, and we can see everything clearly. And we won't be confused, we won't be bewildered, we won't be agitated, we won't be uh, lamenting or afraid. The knowledge that we're not the body and that we are eternal, that nothing can actually harm us, is the real knowledge that frees us from fear. And then finally, the knowledge of the Supreme Absolute Truth, the source of everything, who is giving us everything. With that knowledge, we can live not only free from fear, but we can live with full uh, appreciation and love and affection for our for our source. That that puts us into our natural position, our constitutional position. Then we can feel complete. Then we can feel uh, happy and truly satisfied. Hare Krishna. Radhananda Devi Dasi. Radha? Radhananda. Radhananda, Hare Krishna. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my grateful obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you again for your reading today. Every word you have read is so true and so beautiful. Feel your reading is so short today. Want to hear more and more. <laughs> Thank you again and again, your servant. Hare Krishna Radhananda, thank you for your deep appreciation. Yes, time is such that when you actually are absorbed in hearing about Krishna, time goes away. And therefore it just, it, it seems like a few, just a couple of minutes, but we were finished. But we still read for, well, eight, 35, 40 minutes. It's amazing. It's practical. It's palpable. The difference between reading these transcendental literatures and reading, you know, newspapers or, you know, some kind of mundane entertainment. It's completely different. And we never tire of it. Practical. Hare Krishna. Said dry, Lila Mita ki dry. Yes, absolutely. And from Gopakanya? Yes, Gopakanya Devidasi. Dry Maharaj, so much excitement to know that you are reading Srila Prabhupada's Lila Mita after Srila Bhagavatam. Yes, 
Long live and best of health, dear Maharaj. We will do it. We will do it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all of you and your very loving affection and encouragement. And Srimad uh, Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhaktivinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. And then we're going to now hear how Dhruva Maharaj responds to his grandfather, Swayam Bhuvamanu. Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.